Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Welcome to The Witch Next Door. This week I have a special treat for you. I got together with my friend Erin Lefebvre over at Full Circle Herbals, and we put together a little chit-chat for you about winter solstice and shared a little bit about a guidebook that we've created as well as some ways that we celebrate the season uh, and some things you might want to think about as you celebrate. So listen in and enjoy. Hello. Hello, Emily. Hi, Erin. It's the E and the E together. Together at last. So today we are joining forces between the Herbs podcast and the Witch Next Door podcast because Erin Lefebvre and Emily Morrison have been doing a little collaboration. Made a little gift for y'all. We did. And it's awesome. And it's all about winter solstice. Bam. Bam, we did it. The winter solstice celebration planning guide is big and awesome and it's great. And you can get a little taste tester of it with the free mini guide. Why did we do this, Emily? Well, because we did it for one reason, because it was fun. (laughs) It was fun. And I already had one small one put together and you had some awesome ideas that you've used for your community and we just put them together. Well, you know, I feel like celebrating the seasons is such a core part of my own spiritual practice. And it's something that I really try to bring to the community to like share because I get really pumped and excited about it. Pumped and excited. That sounded redundant, but you know, I get excited about it. So uh, I, when I knew that you were doing some stuff and, and that you had put together, like, so Aaron did this great guidebook for, uh, for autumn equinox. Right. And yeah. And so I saw that and I was like, wait, I have an idea. What if we took some of your ideas and we took some of my ideas and then we mixed them all up in a pot and we made a thing. And we did. Yeah, and I was like, that's great. Cause it's fun to celebrate and observe the seasons and incorporate them into our lives and celebrate high holy days, the ones that make sense to us. Yes, totally. Do you celebrate like Christmas at your house? Well, yes, sort of. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Probably in a way that many people do where it may not have a religious tone to it. And it's more of the gift giving, the Santa, the decoration, um, but no real like significance to it. And I thought, why am I doing that? I'm, I'm essentially celebrating a holiday by a religion that I don't subscribe to. So then I started shifting what I did with my kids and myself and started referring to things more as like, this is the solstice and this is the equinox and this is what Christmas means. And there's other holidays that are being celebrated at this time. So, I mean, if you look back through history, Santa Claus isn't really Christian. So, (laughs) 
Christmas no. has so many elements to it that go above and beyond that Christian meaning. And it's just that, um, that, that has been, you know, obviously Jesus being born is a pretty big deal. Um, and so that's been a really central focus in Christianity, but winter celebrations and specifically the solstice and even some of the stuff that we attribute to Christmas has totally different origins. And a lot of it predates Christianity. Yeah, it really um, is a mish mishmash of things happening. Right. Trees, and then there's mangers and there's elves and <laughs> there. <laughs> so we've always had the tree and the presents and, you know, like pictures of poinsettias and holly. And, and I started to think, well, holly doesn't grow where I live. I don't even oh. like the, the kind that you see in most um, like traditional Christmas time, like cards and stuff so I really try to bring in elements that are growing in my in my area but at the same time ever since I was a little kid that Christmas has looked a certain way this yeah. this holiday during this time has looked a certain way so there is some nostalgia for me that I continue on with but um oh yes there's so many elements and what are we doing with all these elements so what do you do Emily what do you celebrate um I definitely celebrate Christmas mostly because uh, when I was a kid, I totally believed in Santa so hard, like so hard. And, and I hope, um, I hope all kids watching or listening right now are also believing in Santa so hard <laughs> because, uh, Santa is really like this, this idea, this magic, this spirit of Christmas and giving and, and of magic right? Essentially. I mean, this dude gets in his sleigh and he cruises all over the whole world in one night. What could be more magical than that? That's like time travel. It's like moving through portals. I don't even know. He's going through chimneys. It's like, dude. Anyway, so I have loved Christmas because I just thought that was super magical and there's elves and, um, you know, gifts are good too. Um, as I've gotten older, I definitely love, I, I love giving gifts. It's something I really, really enjoy. So this time of year, it, I think it's really fun to like craft up some things and give them to people. Um, so yeah, I celebrate that aspect of it, the kind of spirit of spirit and season of giving. Um, and that's taken so many forms as I've moved through my own life. But at this juncture, we always have a tree. Um, and to me, that really has taken on that meaning when I got old enough to start to look at what a tree actually meant. It's about bringing that evergreen, that hope um, into your home. And the evergreen also represents that whole um, like energy of protection because it never dies. So it protects your home as well. So it's got a couple of different meanings happening there. So we get the tree, we do the presents. Um, I think one of my favorite things about Christmas is the ritual and tradition of it all. Mm. Do you have rituals and traditions in your family? Yes. And I do, I do agree with you that collective, uh, for me, it's the collective goal. Cause at this time of year, no matter what religion or spirituality, there's some, usually something happening in, in everybody's religion or spirituality. Mm -hmm. And it's like a collective, it's almost like a collective ceremony. Everybody's prepping, prepping, prepping for this big, you know, collective celebration and that energy building is, I, I like that a lot. Yeah. 
I love that you say that because it's true that cross-culturally, there are many, many different holidays that are celebrated this time of year um, in the Northern Hemisphere, I guess I should say, and probably in the Southern Hemisphere in the in June um, as they're waiting for their light to return, but that celebrate the returning of the light or celebrate light in some way, because as we move towards the solstice, we're getting closer to that, um, to that longest night. And then that returns like, Oh, it was dark all night. And now it's like, Oh, the sun's returning. Yay. Um, it's a, it's a funny thing that there's a play on words too, because in pagan type religions, um, spiritualities, the sun is renewed S O N. And in Christianity, the sun is born, S-U-N. No. Wait, that's backwards. Opposite. (laughs) (laughs) But you get the idea. No, it's like, it's a rebirth of the sun. Well, and in some pagan traditions uh, that follow, that utilize the wheel of the year or the seasons to talk about the god and the goddess, this is the time that that horned god is reborn as an infant. So there's also that energy that comes along parallels yes i think there might be parallels we're making here but yes a play on words and basically just a time of rebirth and renewal even as we're moving into winter of all times yeah we're moving for here where i'm in wisconsin we were like moving usually we're in the depths of snow and you know very cold it can get very cold here negative zero degrees fahrenheit and so it feels like winter will never end. But then to realize, oh my, oh, the sun is now going to come out more and more and more, even though it seems like it's not because it's so gradual. But at least it's like, okay, well, we're ha- it almost feels like a halfway point, even though it's not. But um, yeah, it's it really it's a cozy feeling when you're around so much cold and frozen water around you and it this frozen waters comes out of the sky and lands on your ground. <laughs> yeah we don't have that here in northern california and where i live i mean parts of northern california do in fact get snow but uh not where i live because i'm way closer to sea level and uh we it's cold but actually the sun came out today which is kind of nice and when i say it's cold i mean it's like but let me tell you how many degrees it is here right now. And I'm sitting here like freezing and you're probably going to laugh really hard when I tell you this. Um, let's see. <laughs> it's 58 degrees here. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. And I'm like, I'm sitting here in my office with my little space heater going and I had to put socks on and I'm like, oh, it's so chilly. <laughs> well, I agree. It's probably chilly. It's not uh, go outside and you might lose your skin because it's no. <laughs> It's not parka cold. <laughs> but during this time of the year when you are really cooped up, what better time than to do certain things? And in our little free mini guide that we have, one of the things that we talk about is story. This is a great time for storytelling. Yes, because it's a time when you are inside and, you know, if you were living communally, or even if you live with your family, whatever that family looks like, or you have roommates, um, this is a time when you're spending a lot more time indoors together, trying to stay warm. And it's a fabulous time to sit around and share stories. Um, Interestingly enough, it's also that portal that we talk about the veils being thin at Samhain that portal is now open. And so historically, this was actually a time when people told a lot of ghost stories as well. 
I find that interesting. I've never heard that. But um, when we were making our guidebook together, you mentioned that. I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Right. Well, think about Charles Dickens and the Christmas story, right? A Christmas Carol. I got, I just, I'm like, not, not you'll shoot your eye out. Not that Christmas story, <laughs> <laughs> a Christmas Carol with Scrooge and everything, you know, all the, all the spirits come to visit. Um, and I think that's probably, if I remember correctly, a shout out to that tradition. Um, well, yeah. yeah, if you were in your house and it was windy outside and cold and dark all the time and kids were asking like, what is that noise? And will we ever see the sun again? You know, it, is, <laughs> it sounds like a bleak and scary time. Right? It totally does. But that's why telling stories can be such a lovely, I mean, ghost stories, sure. You want to lighten it up, lighten it up after that, after you told your ghost stories. Um, wait, what song is that? Hold on. I just had a moment. There is a Christmas song. It's the most wonderful time of the year by Andy Williams. Um, classic Christmas, but he sings about scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. I you should have sung my... that for you, but I didn't. I always wondered about that line. Why ghost go. stories? What is he talking about? That's what he's talking about, Aaron. Uh, yes, that makes sense. Now we, our stories come from screens and, and books, but um, that tradition, the oral tradition of telling yes. stories. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's fun. Yeah. It's a good way to connect. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's also a really lovely way to share memories, to sit around and share, like, what was your favorite Christmas or what was like your most horrible Christmas? <laughs> I want to hear that story. <laughs> yeah. So what else do you do? What else can we tell our listeners about to do for winter solstice? Well, caroling, singing with sailing, singing songs. That's another way to raise energy and spread cheer, right? Don't you feel cheerful when you're singing? <laughs> um, I don't know. My singing voice isn't something to write home about. So as long as I'm with people who sing really loudly, then I'll be good. But I don't know. Do, do people do that uh, in your area still that go out and carol? Um, not at my house. But it's a conversation I've been having with another friend who is also named Aaron, who lives here, uh, who, who grew up having caroling parties. And right before COVID hit, uh, actually that, that spring, right before it hit, we were talking about hosting like a caroling party and how fun that would be. But I went, I created caroling parties when I was a kid, like me and my sister, and we'd get a couple of friends and we'd go around and knock on the neighbor's doors. So I hope people still do it because I think it's kind of cool, but we're a different culture now so maybe it's not so friendly I don't know we did it as kids too we tried to like we pretended we were you know maybe went to two houses or something because uh, we were you know you have to get up the 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 nerve. confidence to do it the nerve yeah yeah uh, but yeah it would be I think it would be an awesome thing for people to revive um caroling especially in COVID times, because you got to be outside. You're right you know, with a small group. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're all a little bored of uh, doing the same thing. 
Um, but yeah, this time of the year too, doing things with your hands is so fun. Making food, Crafting. making crafts, um, making mm. cards, um, catching up on projects you put aside when you were in during doing summer things. I definitely knit a lot this time of year. Um, and I, it's very soothing to me, especially during the darker, longer nights to just sit and knit and yeah, it's just very comforting. So I have a little collection of cowls that I have made. Cause that's like the only thing I can make. Um, <laughs> well, there you go. Those are great gifts. They are great gifts, especially for my friends who live in cold areas. <laughs> <laughs> my address is. <laughs> Yeah. And this is the time of year for me as an herbalist that we start looking at all of our herbs that we harvested and, and dried and trying to remember what we put in what jar, even though um, we're supposed to label everything, you know, in our, in our haste as we dry things and shove them into uh, containers and move on to the next thing in the drying process. But I'm making a lot of herbal remedies, you know, as part of the, the crafting um, because during, like I said, during the summer months, the growing months, we're outside. Yeah. So um, it's it's not as I don't want to be in the house as much, crafting things, uh, making herbal remedies as much because some of them require being over a hot stove, and that's mm -hmm. not always fun. But anyways, this is yeah for herbalists. I think from what I've heard from my other herbal friends, this is a great time to be like taking stock of what we have making things, um, organizing our apothecaries, learning, you know, putting, getting back into some books and webinars and podcasts and all that kind of stuff, stuff you didn't want to do when it was nice outside. And where you live, Erin, does it, is there much growing this time of year? Like, is there, is there still stuff to harvest or is it pretty much like done? The things that you can harvest would have to be trees, like oh, okay. something with trees. And even that's really sparse and scarce because parts of the trees that you want to harvest for medicinals, usually you're, you're doing that in spring um, or really specific times, like when it's, it's, it's still cold, it's still winter technically, but it, the buds are starting to pop out like for cottonwoods. But yeah, there's not much you can do. There's really not much of anything that grows. So it's, it really is like a perfect time to, like you're saying, take stock and then create with what you have. Um, you know, living where you live, you, you definitely have stronger seasons, I think, than I have. Because here, as I said, it's 58 degrees and I'm cold, but, um, and, and yes, all the trees are shedding their leaves and, you know, things are in fact going dormant, but we have much more temperate climate. And so even though so much is going to sleep, there are still, you know, things to be harvested. Yeah. Um, you could probably be harvesting roots at this yeah. temperature and we, there's no way you can harvest roots yeah. at this temperature. <laughs> like the ground is literally frozen. Well, frozen and I think- solid. Right. And that's one of the things about celebrating like the solstices and the equinoxes and this turning of the seasons is that it's going to look a little bit different no matter where you live. And it's really a great time to kind of reflect 
And that's one of the things that I was really excited about when we were crafting that guidebook is that you came up with some fabulous questions to help people really reflect on like what's happening in the world around them. How can you connect to nature where you are and, and sync up or tune in to what's happening, you know, with the plants and the earth and is, is the earth frozen where you are, or can you go dig up some roots in your yard? Um, or even go outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause we all have the same, you know, Christmas time. Uh, I use that in air quotes. Cause yeah. you know, uh, like we said, so many variations of it, it almost looks the same wherever you go, um, here in the United States anyway, like you're going to find the same kind of Santas and the same kind of trees and your, the ornaments, um, and the holly and the plants. It's, yeah. And the point yeah, is, yeah. it's like, okay, but what is happening here that I can incorporate into a new, into a new type of, um, a way of being, um, that reflects what's happening here. So, well, uh, and I think, that, oh, go ahead. Sorry. It's just interesting how over the, these years, probably like what, 2000, no, less than that, maybe about 1500, years how the same symbols are still here and, and do any of us question that like why why do I constantly draw the same thing for you know when I'm making crafts why do I still do these certain things if they don't even grow here where did this come from right origins I've been super mm -hmm. into origins uh just I say lately, but I think overall, I'm always fascinated by history and I love to know where things began. And I think that's a really powerful question to ask is where, where did this tradition begin and why does it resonate for me? And maybe it's something that lives inside of you because of a childhood joy or a tradition in your family or a ritual that you're used to. And maybe that plant or item is not present necessarily in the place that you live, but it has power because of something else. And in that way, it still has value. But I also think that it's really enriching for your magical practice to look at what's happening right now around me and how do I tap into that energy and how does that energy live inside of me and um, fuel and inform the practices that I create for myself around different, not just holidays, but really just magical practices that we delve into on the daily. Right. It's the intention. And yeah. And, and totally with, um, with these celebrations that I were passed down to me and, uh, yeah, they're great and they're nostalgic and I could pass them on to my kids, but why, like, what is, yeah. what, what is the intention of that? Like, what is the origin? And if you're okay with not knowing, and it's just fun for you, then, then so be it. I, I tend to want to have a little bit more, um, meaning and and like you said i want to know the origins and the why that we're doing this and um in fact i might continue to do the same thing it's just that i would have i have more background information yeah. but like you said in, just in any magical practice of our life you know are we just roboting our way through things because that's what's been taught to us right. do we really want to do that yeah that's a good question and sometimes the answer is yes, and that's great. And sometimes the answer is no. And then examine like, well, why am I doing that? How is that helping me? You know, and obviously when it comes to holidays, sometimes they're pretty loaded and we have a lot of family stuff that requires us to maybe step into doing things we don't want to do. 
Right. Um, well, even if you try to switch things up, like I have done, I don't know, maybe in the last five years or 10, I've been more intentional of like the language I even use. Mm-hmm. Um, so now my kids are like, so when are we going to have Christmas presents? I'm like, well, winter solstice is the 21st. Therefore, <laughs> no, no, we want to do it on Christmas day. Okay. Okay. But uh, just in the way we talk about it, um, and it is a little bit at first uncomfortable if other people aren't doing it around you because you stick out a little bit more when you start yeah. saying things like Yule, winter solstice, um, or like, well, I'm not sure I want to celebrate that particular day because that's not really what I'm aligned with now. Um, and sometimes you can just blend in still. Yeah. We do both at my house. We celebrate winter solstice and, and ever since I met my husband, I have celebrated that. So we usually do some type of small gift exchange that day. Um, I always, I do like a whole like candle lighting thing outside with these lanterns and I leave them going all night. I'm sure they burn out before morning most of the time, but, uh, but leave them going all night as a symbol of like welcoming back the sun and, and my neighbors don't know why I'm doing it. And I don't actually don't care if they did know, but, <laughs> but rituals like that. And then in my women's circle, we have a annual solstice ritual that we do as well. And sometimes I go to public rituals here, but then on Christmas, I have a family, you know, family traditions that we do. Um, and especially for the kids, you know, it's definitely, there's some kids stuff, but there's some grown up stuff too. Like, my mom buys me a calendar every year and I really look forward to that. And I know it sounds really silly, but there's something very nostalgic and traditional and it has meaning about kind of letting go of this past year and moving into the new one. And we always have the same breakfast. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, I have noticed traditions changing ever since the grandparents um, moved on to the spirit world. You know, as soon as the grandparents in our both sides of my, um, my mom and dad's side, the, my grandparents are not all passed and, uh, it wild things wildly changed uh-huh. the get togethers reduced. Um, yeah, things, things changed a lot. So that opened up the option to make new traditions or yeah. to just switch things up a little bit. And so I do miss some of those traditional things meals and you we get together this certain day and um but at the same time new ones are being formed it may not feel like it in in the moment because it's like oh this is a new thing we're doing but then you look back like oh we've done this for like five years now so this is a thing now Mm -hmm. I also think it changes when you have kids you know I don't have kids I know you do um but most of my friends who have kids they started making their own kind of traditions and their own family plans around the holidays uh to to celebrate in ways that some of them maybe mirrored the way that they grew up but other ones were totally brand spanking new to their family so yeah things ebb and flow and that's okay too they do so you know a lot of A lot of us have grown up in some type of, whether it's, you know, celebrating Christmas or celebrating Hanukkah and and having these traditions that we follow, but maybe 
a lot, actually, I know for a fact, a lot of people haven't grown up in homes where they're celebrating winter solstice. And I think that's, that was kind of the, one of the other fun pieces about putting together this guidebook that we did was coming up with like, well, what are some of the ways that you celebrate? And so we've included in there, you know, we have, like Aaron said, we have that free mini guidebook and there is, it, we talk about storytelling in there. There's a tarot spread in there. Um, and I'll talk more about that in a minute, but um, there's some ideas for celebrating there, but then in our expanded version of that book, which is like 40 pages, because we just could not stop ourselves. Um, <laughs> we have enough. We have enough. Right. It was like, we're getting going. Wait, I have one more page. Oh, wait, one more thing. Oh, you know what? I have this idea. <laughs> we're going to need a publisher soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, we did, we did put together quite a few ideas for celebrating winter solstice. So if you're one of the people who was like, I want to celebrate, but I don't really know how, um, there's definitely ideas in there. And as I mentioned, Aaron came up with these great questions for reflection to help you really tap into what's happening in the world around you that will inform whatever celebrations you choose to partake in. Exactly. Yes. You um, get to decide. You don't have to do it on a specific date. And uh, the activities in there are, I'd say many of them are very easy. You can do them alone or in a group or with, mm. you know, kids. I'd say most of them have some component where they're, they're really for all skill levels. Right. Celebrate the season. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I wanted to mention in relationship to that tarot spread that's in that free book. Uh, this is really a time of year when divination is, um, you know, a fabulous tool to be working with. It's a time for prophecy because it's dark, because it's quiet, because the world is, you know, not quite as noisy and busy and all of that. This is not necessarily a time for action. It's more a time for reflection. And that's a fabulous time to use your tools of divination. So whatever those might be, whether it's cards or books or dreaming, um, all of that can be utilized. Pendulums, whatever you fancy, uh, you might think about doing some work around reflection and prophecy as we move through this darkness in back into the light, but still in that reflective winter time. Right. And for me, I, um, as a plant priestess, I like to synchronize my life with what's happening in nature. Yes. So this part of like what we're saying is this part of the season, like we keep saying there's time for storytelling, there's time for divination. That's because it is physically darker, like out. So um, there's just less to do outside in, I mean, in the electronic world, it's different because we have artificial lights, but if we really try to synchronize with nature, what is nature doing? Well, there's a lot of darkness. So you go within, you hibernate, you rest. Mm -hmm. And so reflecting those things into your life, it's actually a little bit of a slowdown. Yes, exactly. And when we slow down, we have more energy to listen to listen within, to listen without, uh, to really tap into those depths of self. Um, and, and, and unfortunately I will say that because this time of year with all the celebrations going on, sometimes there is that social pressure of like, do this, do that. I've got to go to this Christmas party. Woohoo. You know, we're staying up too late and drinking a little too much and all, all the wildness can ensue. And sometimes it pulls us out of 
what's happening in relationship to nature, which is that going inward. There are a lot of gifts of that quietness as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We can do all the things. We, we can uh, have party time and fun time. And we also need to remember that, oh yeah, it's really dark out and I'm really tired and I should maybe <laughs> just take some rest. <laughs> Sleep a little extra you know, cozy up a little longer. Yeah. And, and that whole idea of like, why am I going to all these celebrations? Like what, what is it about these celebrations that I'm going, do I really want to? And um, do I really, it doesn't reflect what I really want to be doing with my celebrating and with what's happening around me. With my energy and my time, which are two of the most valuable things that we have. Um, and the answer might be yes. You might be like, hell yeah, I want to go to all those parties. <laughs> yeah. You might be like, this is the time to party. This is right. the time. And for some people it is because it's a time when it's dark and you might start to, you might struggle with feeling lonely or, um, or needing connection because it feels, you know, sometimes solitude can feel too lonely, you know? Well, that's a good point too. And I, I think that the the darkening of this time of the year in, in our society or Western society, I think that reflection going within isn't always valued. So when it's forced upon us, cause we have less sun and it's cold and you have to be in, then we mm -hmm. we're feeling uncomfortable. We're not used to nice. it. Yes. And so um, there is a little bit of like, just lean into that for a little bit, uh, not to the point where you're, you know, super sad and you know, that becomes a problem. But also to remember that this this feeling of pause and darkness isn't abnormal either. Um, right. You know, there's of course there's a fine line of what feels really uncomfortable and what just feels like okay, let me just listen to within just a little bit. <laughs> well, it's, and then it's getting curious. Well, why is that uncomfortable for me? And how do I learn to tolerate this experience of stillness? Um, we can, we can learn so much from ourselves if we just take the time to listen. <laughs> right, right. And, and we listen to ourselves and then it's also a time to get together with others and reflect with each other. Yes. I love that. That's really true. Um, mm -hmm. Celebrations can be reflective. They can't, you know, when you do a ritual, it, it can be something you do in community a ceremony or a ritual. Um, and it, in that regard, it can really bring you feeling closer together without necessarily, and celebrate it. You can have some of that celebrating flair um, without necessarily having the disconnect that can happen when we celebrate too hard. Yeah. <laughs> For lack of a better term. <laughs> yep. Oh. Well, I just want to um, let people know if you are interested in checking out this free mini guide that Aaron and I have put together, um, you can get it on my website or, or on your website, right, Aaron? Yep. Um, I think we both have the link on our website and um, the, yeah, the free, when you sign up for the free one, you will also get an invitation to the, the larger book too. So um, if that is appealing to you to get the larger book, um, you, you want all also, the things, all yeah, the things. When you open up the, the mini guide as well, there'll be links in there too, for those who are like, yes, give me more ideas that then you can link <laughs> to the full guide as well. So for my listeners, what is your website, Erin? 
fullcircleherbals.com. Okay. And mine is wisewomanwitchery.com. And um, I have a link at the top that will send you to like, there's a whole page that's specifically for that winter solstice guide. Is that what you got going on too? Yes. Yep. You just click on the top banner there for the freebies and you'll see the, you'll see the winter solstice celebration E guidebook. Whew. Can you say that 10 times fast? No, don't. No. I mean, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I have to really think about that one. Um, and I want to also share that Aaron and I are collaborating to create a winter solstice ceremony. So if you're like, I want to do my own thing, but I also would love to show up for something and be led through a ceremony and participate in community, um, with other like-minded people. I know not everybody has people who want to celebrate winter solstice, <laughs> Um, we are joining forces to hold that space and to guide you all through a ceremony to celebrate the return of the sun. And that link will be showing up shortly, um, on our websites, I'm sure. Cause yes. it's the 19th, December 19th that we're going to be doing that. So yes, it'll be, um, ceremonies. If you've never been to like winter solstice ceremony, there is, there's reflection and activities and even though we're virtual, we have ways to help you feel connected in, in the, the space, so to speak. Because we're fancy like that. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing this for a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. We got, we got some of the tech figured out. Sometimes better than others. But for this, we're covered. <laughs> yes. So we've got that. We've got the free guidebook, the full guidebook. We have the ceremony. Got all sorts of things. And we also have a retreat coming up, but we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. You know, we just want to give you all the things to take care of yourself as you move through this winter time. Because exactly. it, it's a beautiful time for self-care, really, um, in whatever form that takes for you. And for me, that means really connecting with myself and, and continuing to intentionally connect with the earth and the cycles of nature. Yep, so. deepening into um, embracing, embracing the, the stillness, the darkness. I love it. Yay. Well, y'all, this is not the first or the last guidebook. <laughs> the other seasons are coming just they as are. a little hint to you all. And we will have more sequels. Stay tuned. Sequels. There you go. I love it. Well, Erin, thanks for getting together with me. Yeah, this has been great to learn more about how you uh, celebrate these winter holidays. <laughs> well, and now it's ruined because you know what you're getting in the mail for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> no, or it's, solstice. it's the color. I'll never know the color. <laughs> oh, thanks everyone for tuning in today. Take good Bye -bye. care. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Witch Next Door. If you like what you hear, you can click the anchor support link in the description of this podcast. And if you want to help other people like you find us, you can do that by... You can rate us, you can review us, or you can subscribe. Right? Yeah. And you can do all those things. You could just <laughs> click the little stars, you know, and give us like little some comments. cold stars and a little comment. Yeah. How was this for you? You know, whatever.
Love it. I totally love it. it. That way people who are checking out podcasts will be like, hmm, that Veronica and Emily sound like an interesting listen. I think I'll pop over there or wow, they're off the hook. We'll go listen to them. Those people can't stop laughing. <laughs> must be so- there must be something good here. I could use a good laugh. Yeah. Anyway, so do that, please. We'd appreciate it. It does help other people find our podcast. And uh, and then we also really love to hear from you. So if you have feedback, that's another way to get it to us. Uh, you can also always write us at wisewomanwitchery at sonic.net. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.